Can you intentionally design your business to support the life you really want to live? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement that helps small and mid-market companies escape the fully insured marketplace and delivers stability, control, and savings without watering down employees' benefits or increasing their premium share. If you have clients in the educational institution or the engineering vertical, go to our website at CaptivatedHealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Julie Littlechild. Julie specializes in helping businesses and individuals achieve absolute engagement. Interesting topic. She has a great new book that talks all about it called The Pursuit of Absolute Engagement. And we asked her on the program to discuss the book, the subject, and why it's so important for you and for your business. And so with that, welcome, Julie. Thank you so much. Really excited to chat with you today. We appreciate you sharing your expertise with the audience. Let's level set. What is absolute engagement? Ah, there is the question. Well, really absolute engagement occurs when you've intentionally designed a business that we say is at the intersection of growth and fulfillment. But on a practical level, what it means is that you've aligned your client and team experience to support a really compelling personal vision. Well, and we'll, we'll delve into that in a little more detail into both of those optics. But who are the people that you're, that you're talking to? Is it just general business people in general or financial services professionals or, or my audience, which is largely benefits advisors? Yeah, it's interesting because I, I wrote it for financial services professionals in, in large, and, and I use that term as it relates to the content of this book to cover most channels. So, I'm, and, and we do a lot of work across different channels. At the same time, it's really written for people who are building a, a business and looking to do something that, that they love. So my examples are always financial services, but what I find is entrepreneurs and business leaders generally seem to be attracted to the overall message, if that makes sense. Well, it does, and it, and it seems as though it would be important for anybody. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a life concept as much as it is a business mm-hmm. concept, and I know a lot of people chase that. Some people talk about work-life balance, and there are all these different terms, and but they don't have a roadmap for how to get there, which is part of the reason I found the book so interesting and satisfying to read. But let's talk a little bit. Of, we've, we've defined what it is. Let's talk about why it's important. Why does it matter? You know, there's probably many reasons, but I think that, and this is observational, but, you know, if I look at the way a lot of people build their business, we always focus on growth, right? So, and, and if I mapped growth across all of the professionals that I've worked with, I would probably see a pattern that was up and to the right, you know, just, you know, by and large, a little up, a little down, but in the direction that we want to go. But what I'd really observed is that if we layered fulfillment over that same growth graph, a different pattern emerged. So we found, you know, most of us, when we get into the business, we're, you know, 
green, but excited and focused and we're, we want to build something and we want to build a big business. So fulfillment and growth kind of work in tandem. And then we get into a phase, most of us, as, as you achieve any kind of success, where you begin to react a little, right? So you've got to build the infrastructure and process and technology and manage the team and the clients and, and just, I mean, it's a natural, but it takes a lot of professionals in a very different direction and not necessarily what makes them happy. But we call this sort of the third phase that, that I'm, that I'm writing about. And it's that point at which you kind of get through that. Your house is in order. You've still got energy. You want to create something, but you may not have a clear personal vision. The vision you started out with may not be the one that you need going forward because you've changed or, or what have you. At any rate, all of that to say, what I find is that when people get to that point where they're ready to grow, fulfillment starts to flatline, even if growth is continuing in the right direction. And the risk is really twofold. I think there's a business risk, because if we're not passionate and motivated and energized, I think that ultimately creates a drag on growth. But personally, I also think there's a significant, it takes a significant toll, I should say, on on well-being and maybe even health for, for a lot of people. So, so I do think there are some significant consequences to not being fully aligned. So is it a question? I mean, years ago, I saw um, Lane Longfellow speak. He was with Manager at the time, and he, he, his talk was titled, How Will I Find Life's Happiness When Success Isn't Enough? Is that where you're driving to? I guess my answer to that is maybe, because what it's going to take to be fulfilling changes for different people. Now, I focus largely on intentionally designing your business to bring you fulfillment. Now, that could mean working with different types of clients or doing different type of work or playing a different role on the team, or maybe it could mean taking more time off, doing things outside the business. So I think that fulfillment, that joy can come from within the business, or sometimes it means looking outside. But ultimately, I think we need to, to find the joy in the work that we do every day. Interesting. So there are three principles that you say are at the core of doing all of this work that you need to do to get there. I'd like to explore those. The first one that you talk about is that personal vision drives business vision. What do you mean by that? Well, if you know, as I mentioned, those those phases that we go through, I think that it, as we're building a business, we get to a point where we are completely reactive to the needs of our clients and our team and maybe our families and all of the other various responsibilities that we have in the world. And we lose that vision. And it's the vision that created the momentum and the energy and the motivation in the first place. And so... In a way, what, what I'm talking about here is the need to get back to where you started and put your personal vision in the driver's seat and then bend the business vision around that. Find that piece that we lost and feel okay and, and, and recognize that it's okay that it's your personal vision that's at the core of your business strategy. So, so when we talk to financial professionals that we consider to be really successful, and, and by that I mean they have significant businesses, but they also seem very fulfilled and happy, they tend to have an overriding personal vision that is driving the business itself. Interesting. The second one of the principles that you talk about a lot, and in our practice, we are incessantly having conversations about what's the client experience okay. and, and why that's important. It's really a two-part piece. You talk about tailoring your client 
and your team experience to support your business vision. Let's talk about the client piece first, and then we can talk about the team piece. Sure. So, I mean, what's common between those two things in that principle is really that those things should bend to the vision. So, if you think about it, you know, at its core, absolute engagement would mean that you have a compelling personal vision that drives your business vision. Your business vision should then drive your client experience. Your client experience should drive your team experience. They're all aligned. They're all connected. Normally, we deal with them kind of in isolation. Um, So, you know, a simple example of that might be you know, I have a passion for working with business owners. And so I'm going to build my business to a target exclusively business owners, say as a financial advisor. And then my client experience now needs to be completely tailored to support that group. It can't happen really in isolation if what I'm trying to do is create something extraordinary. So the tailoring piece, that principle is really about saying, you need to understand what that personal and business vision is to make sense of of the client experience. Now, we go deeper on client experience because it's also about what does engagement look like and, you know, what are some of the trends around that, which is a big focus of of my business as well. So, so we do kind of do a deep dive on that. And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single source solution for your clients and prospects in the education and engineering verticals. The founders of Captivated Health have 35 years' experience working with healthcare and benefit clients, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems mid-market clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace. Until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems and does so with virtually no disruption to employees while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to your education and engineering clients that you advise. To learn more about Captivated Health's solution, go to our website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on our logo on the Shift Shapers website. But the client side, as we said earlier, is just one of the two components. The other piece mm. is the team experience. So how do you align those? How do you get there? How do you align those? What does that look like? Well, I think that, you know, team, this was one of those challenges, right? I'm sure you hear this all the time. It's everybody recognizes how important they are and yet struggles to to create to really create a, a strong team experience. So when we talk about alignment in particular, it's things like, you know, if I have a clearly defined target group, then I need to think about the right fit on my team. I need to think about how I develop their skills all of that would be driven to a large extent by the kind of business that I'm trying to create. I need to think about the culture that I'm trying to create for for my team as well as as my clients. So there's so many of these things that kind of cross over and almost dictate the kind of team and culture and process that you need to build. So I think they're a lot more connected than people think. And so you would you say that you can't have one without the other? You can't have a great client experience? without also having a team that's got a great experience model? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I would absolutely say that. I think that if, you're, if, if you don't have a solid team who is e- pulling in the same direction and equally passionate about doing this, you can't do it alone. So y- you almost have no chance of doing it. 
And then I would probably say, and I don't know if this is a bit nuanced, but to go from just having a great to perhaps an extraordinary experience, it's when they're truly aligned that that seems to happen. Interesting. The third one of the principles, and it's the one that I think a lot of us, because we get caught up working in and on our business, <laughs> you're human and don't forget it. What's that component look like? Why is it so important? Well, this the notion of personal engagement is a theme that really I think is is important and often forgotten in our business. Just like you said, look, we we get into an industry and a business, and and there's a lot of us who are Type A personalities who sometimes forget why we're working. And and really, this is there, there's a very practical argument for talking about this this last principle, and that is, if you're going to build something extraordinary, if you're going to put that energy into that, then you need the support as well. You need accountability, and you need some time away to feed your own creativity, whether that's rest or challenge or or, or various other things. For some reason, we seem to have forgotten that we're human along the way. And yet, when I look at those that I really hold in high esteem in terms of what they've accomplished, they seem to, in fact, we did some research on this. They, you know, the group, and we talk about a certain group of financial advisors we did some research on in the, in the book. And the folks at the top were taking more time off, working few hours, and yet they were making more money along the way. Fascinating. Besides forgetting that you're human, are there other obstacles that you see people, other potholes that they run into along the way? What are the most common things that, that you see that can derail somebody's pursuit? I mean, so many of the things I think are are internal. We kind of mapped out five steps you can walk through uh, it, as, if you're thinking about this pursuit. And, I, and what I found is that people kind of fall down, if you will, at different stages. And it's entirely to do with who you are maybe even how you grew up or how, you know, just there's so many personal things that stop you at different places. So, you know, our first step is real, it's, it's awareness and it's just opening your mind to the possibility of change. And for some people, that is the most provocative step. They just cannot get past thinking about themselves in a way and, and what, and what really drive their, their own future. Others, have no problem imagining a different future, but can't pull the trigger because they maybe lack the fortitude to do that. So, you know, I think some of the things that get in our way most, and certainly in the conversations that I've had, are things like self-editing. So, you know, what I mean by that is, I don't know if, if uh, this, I know this has happened to me. I don't know if it's happened to you, but you're thinking about something that you'd love to do in your business. And, and almost at the same time as you're articulating that vision, you're thinking of the hundred reasons it can't possibly happen. So I think we do this to ourselves. I think we, we get so caught up in what we are responsible for. And I know, you know, certain of us have a greater tendency if you're the primary breadwinner and you have a family and you've got all of these things that you perceive as, well, they are responsibilities, but you perceive as getting in your way of doing anything that's important to you. So, you know, I should do this, I should do that, I should do the other. I think these are, are some of the biggest barriers that we face. You talked about awareness. There's another theme that, that runs through the book, and that's accountability. 
How do those mm-hmm. two things go together? What does that mean? Does I mean, is it just on the face of it, raising your hand and going, okay, I blew this or I did this right? Or is it more than that? Well, I think that, so on the accountability side, I mean, awareness is, is yeah, very much about just opening your mind, deciding, understanding, and getting a little introspective about the kind of business that you really want to build. Accountability, to some extent, I think, yeah, is is just about having the ability to look at yourself and hold yourself accountable. But I think that that it, it can be more than that, because for some reason, we also believe we're superhuman. I don't know where we get this from, but, you know, we need some structure often and some support in doing that. So, you know, I talk about things like, you know, finding someone who can help you be accountable. And it could be a spouse. And in fairness, it's not always, but it it might be, it could be a colleague, it could be a friend, you might want to look at a study group or a mastermind group, you know, finding the support and structure and, and motivation that you need and recognizing that's okay. You know, we, we all need that. So that's, I, I put all of that in that bucket of, finding what you need to hold yourself accountable. So it's much more than just checking off items on a to-do list. It is very much. Sounds very important. So a couple of other things as as we wrap up, I wanted to be sure that we touched on. One of the quotes in the books kind of piqued my curiosity. And you said, satisfaction and loyalty are no longer enough. Really? Really? (laughs) (laughs) What's that all about? You know, just for context, for for many, many years, we have done research with consumers and in, in, in particular investors on on what they're looking for in professional advice. And so a lot of the thinking kind of comes from that data set. I like evidence for everything that we talk about. So, you know, among the things, among the, the, the key trends that I think are impacting or should impact how we think about our client relationships in particular is the fact that satisfaction and loyalty are, are no longer enough. And, and really what I mean by that is if you look at data in most industries and certainly in financial services, by and large, clients will say they are not only satisfied, but often very satisfied. In the data that we used, about 89% of clients give a rating of a four or five out of five on satisfaction. On loyalty, again, by and large, in the neighborhood of 90% of clients are saying, you know, I I don't plan on leaving. So both of these things I see as, I mean, obviously they're important. I'm not suggesting we dissatisfy our clients. But really what I mean by that is that doesn't set you apart. Those are table stakes. We can, if we want to be set apart from the crowd, we need to find a way to create a deeper and more meaningful, more engaging client experience. So it's great that clients are satisfied. It's great that they're loyal, but I don't think we should fool ourselves into believing that that's going to look, make us look any different from anybody else. In today's environment, Julie, in this kind of intentionality and being accountable and being aware, is it maybe more important than it's ever been before? I mean, the, the, all of our markets have gotten commoditized to a certain extent. We tend to look at different markers and different in, indicia of success. Is it really more, a more important thing today than it's ever been before? I think, yeah, and I think the concept of commoditization is exactly right. Um, if you look at any channel within financial services, I think that, that this is a huge issue. And you could argue that these were always good business practices to be intentional, to think about differentiation, to, to create deep and meaningful client and team relationships. I mean, of course, 
But the reality is we sometimes need that wind in our back and that push to, to really focus on it. And in this environment, you know, nobody drifted toward extraordinary, right? That it needs to be intentional. And I think from a personal level as well, if it's not intentional, we never get to the actual goals we're trying to achieve. So, so I, it's, it's one of my favorite words, intentionality. And I, I think it's an important one for us to think about. We can't just kind of wake up every day and hope things will be different. Great place to end our interview for the day. Julie Littlechild, author of a terrific book. I recommend it highly. It'll be in the show notes. You can link over and, and get yourself a copy called The Pursuit of Absolute Engagement. Julie, thank you for sharing your expertise with our audience. Thank you. So great to talk to you today. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved. Thank you.